1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: First in Pod, hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. All right, First and Pod, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filippone. Thanks for being here. Subscribe, rate, review. Coming to you as the regular season wraps up. The playoff field is set. I'm sure we will get into playoff matchups some in our analysis, but we'll have a podcast that'll drop uh, Thursday night into Friday morning with uh, all of the matchups for there. So we will still try to do some reaction to this uh, full slate of games. The Lions, Pony, they go nine and eight, five and one in the division. I feel like they're better than Seattle. And we don't get them in the playoffs. Kind of a bummer that we don't get to see. Like the Jaguars, I'm glad they're in the AFC playoffs. The NFC playoffs would be better if the Lions were in it. I'm bummed we don't get to see this team next weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell, I think, uh, proved to be more than just a meathead, lunk kind of coach here. He did some strategic things in this game. That pitch play that they did late in the game to help win it. Was a brilliant call. That's something like out of the Andy Reid bag of tricks. That's something you'd see Kansas City do. And they'd get praised for it. So I think the Lions, uh, they're looking up here. I think Jared Goff will be their quarterback again next season. I think they might even lose their offensive coordinator, Johnson, to a head coaching gig, depending on what happens with these interviews. So... Yeah, Detroit. Who would have thunk it that when they blew, when they lost that game, forty-eight to forty-five to Seattle earlier in the year, that that was going to be what ultimately kept them out of the playoffs? But Danny, I mean, the story here to me is again, Aaron Rodgers in what was essentially a playoff game for the Packers did not get the job done. His record and performance in games now that are either playoff games or what you would kind of classify as such just atrocious and at home I mean no excuse it's the worst defense in the league statistically the one of the worst defenses in the NFL and you can't find a way to do more than just for the most part kick field goals against them tonight I mean that that's the season ends how it felt most of the year for the Packers like they just did not get MVP all pro level Aaron Rodgers
2: this year, Danny. They didn't shut out in the fourth quarter at home to end the season to it's a, it's a terrible look. Um, you know, it's it's not all on him. We've talked about it all year that like there's an alternate universe where uh, a few years ago they draft T Higgins instead of drafting Jordan Love or. Devontae Adams chooses to stay with Green Bay instead of teaming up with Derek Carr. And just there's an alternate universe here where this feels very different. But the reality is, this is their squad, and Rodgers has to bear the brunt of it. And he walks off arm in arm with Randall Cobb, which is a nice story because they're friends and they both have obviously such long ties to the organization. But Rodgers is supposed to be the MVP. Cobb's just like the veteran that they brought in to appease the MVP. This whole offseason is gonna be Jordan Love is gonna say me or him, and Rodgers is 50 million plus next year. Not easy to trade. And he can say, if you, if you're gonna trade me, you have to trade me here or I'll retire. But not a lot of teams are gonna be able to take that on. I my that expect- cap hit
1: is is unbelievably punitive, makes the contract basically immovable.
2: Right. My my expectation is that Aaron Rodgers does not go out as an under 500 player as a loser at Lambeau Field in the regular season. My, my, my expectation is that Aaron Rodgers is back next year and they try to do something. And Watson obviously was a revelation the second half of the season, but my expectation will be that they will try to do something to get him another playmaker and then spend the rest of their resources on defense. Their defense, one of the most underperforming units in the league this year. But I I, I think we'll hear a lot about it. But my guess is Aaron Rodgers is back next year. He should not. Everything was
1: trending towards them being this team that nobody wanted to play They won a Super Bowl as the last team in in 2010. All of this speculation all week about how the Packers were dangerous because the pressure would be on everybody else and not them. And that was going to free up Aaron Rodgers. Well, the fact of the matter is there was pressure on them tonight because for the better part of 15 years, Packers-Lions, when Aaron Rodgers has been involved, has been a hammer-nail rivalry. And we just all assumed, I think mostly assumed, that the Packers were going to win this game because that's what they do. Especially once, and I actually think, tell me if you agree with this. I think once the Lions knew that they were out, I think it was a liberating thing for them. Look at how the game was coached. You know, I think actually in a weird way, that actually hurt Green Bay.
2: I don't know, man. I mean, the the Lions have been so YOLO the second half of the season. They've been throwing reverse screens to tight ends. They've been throwing no it to school. Yeah,
1: I'm not saying that they don't still call those plays because that's been their mo. But I'm not sure they. I, I'm not confident they execute them as well as they did. There was no tightness to that team whatsoever
2: tonight because they had nothing to lose. That's right. That's right. You. I just want one more thing on Detroit. Um, they pick sixth. So they have their own first round pick, which will be middle of the first round. And we don't know that draft order yet because of strength of schedule. I I haven't seen it all calculated out yet, but uh, coming into the game, we knew that the Rams pick was going to be the sixth pick in the draft. So if you assume that Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are off the board. Now they obviously could trade up into the top four. They have two first round picks. They'd be, basically the easiest team in the draft to, to move up. But you said it as just a statement of fact that you think golf is the quarterback next year. They seem to have their edge rushers. So, so you would say, but Miles Murphy, the kid from Clemson, Clemson, if they stand, if they, if they stand pat, the the second best interior defensive lineman in the draft, or do you think they, they go Will Levis try to find their own Josh no. Allen, mold him behind Jared Goff with that pick? Goff's so. arm did not, his arm did not look great. And if he's going to have to win cold-weather games in, in January, he, he did it today, but against actually good teams, his arm did not look great to me outside of a dome and cold weather on the road. I would be
1: stunned if they did that with that top pick because I think the Lions will look at themselves – as a team that has to win next year. That, okay, we went from three wins to nine wins and played the ultimate spoiler. Now, what are we in 2023? And I don't think they're going to use one of their picks on a player whose, you know, best-case scenario maybe a year or two away. Yeah. I just, that to me, I think that their fan base, I don't even think just their fans. I think, like, the players inside the organization would have a big problem with that. They want guys who are going to help push them over the top next year and and end their vicious cycle of rebuilding. So, no, I don't think they'll use that pick on a quarterback.
2: All right. let's. I think six makes it pretty safe that they won't. If it would have ended up top four, I think it would have been really, really interesting. Uh, All right. Let's get through the games here. It wasn't the biggest game, but – If I told you right now, the ESPY for sports moment of 2023 is the return kick on the first play for Buffalo in the first game after DeMar Hamlin, and he's live tweeting it from his hospital bed. That was like a goosebumps sports moment, man. And like everyone's reporting that he's watching the game and he's reacting live. The only thing it was missing was Naheem Hines like, Throw up the three, man! Like he had time on the return. He like yep. he, he he jumped into the stands and just did like a normal somebody throw up the three, and that is like an all time signature sports moment. But I th- I still thought it was incredible and deserved to lead the show.
1: Yeah, I think I heard
2: Chris Berman
1: say on um Berman's still really good on that highlight show. Like he still has his fastball on the like. NFL primetime. Yeah, show. for the three minutes, yeah. And I heard him say, as soon as that ball got taken back, he said, this is like Steve Gleason in New Orleans. And I agreed with him on that. I thought it had okay. the same kind of feel to it. I, that had not popped into my head. But looking back on it, it was one of those unifying, I can't believe this is actually happening. This is out of a movie moment. Um, And I... Look, I mean, I thought when that play happened that Buffalo was going to go on to obliterate the Patriots. And then that game got 14-14 at halftime. And I give Buffalo credit. I haven't look, looked at what Sean Sean McDermott really does never say much after games. But I give them credit for at halftime. Just, okay, we're good here. Yeah, like we have this, in like moving emotional pregame and the first play of the game and somehow New England did not get knocked out by that. Let's go out and win this game in the second half. And they did in impressive fashion. So I think my concern, my only concern with them today, Danny, was that they were going to get shot out of a cannon and they weren't going to be able to sustain it for 60 minutes. But the Patriots are just not a very talented team and
2: undeserving of the playoffs. No, but I'd be feeling good if I was a Bills fan, given that the Patriots defense has still been problematic for people this year and hanging 35. I, I, I know special teams with the two returns, but just they've got to be feeling good about themselves. Like it just oh, showing that they can withstand the emotional letdown, the whole thing. Like it was, it was, yeah. it was an incredible moment. But uh, all right, buddy. <laughs> Here we go. The story of the day. The number one pick, it flips. Lovey Smith has been fired, by the way. If you missed that breaking news, it came out right at the end of Sunday Night Football. But he goes out a winner. His biggest win for the Bears since the NFC Championship game, 2006. (laughs) Yep. The Bears have their franchise quarterback, $120 in cap space. And let the bidding begin. Let the offer start coming in for Bryce Young. What an unbelievable sequence of events, man. For the Bears to get this pick, I fully expect them to trade down. Uh, I think if they stand pat, I think they'll take Will Anderson because there's some good defensive tackles that are expected to hit free agency. But I fully expect Ryan Poles to trade down, remain in the top, maybe we'll call it six or seven, um, and acquire a bunch of assets because the Bears have a lot of needs. But this is like one of the biggest days for the Bears franchise in 15 years. Massive, massive day when's the last time they had the number one overall pick in the draft yeah you got to go back like 40 years yeah it's uh it's it's insane and they uh, 1947 spencer says 1947 so to the 40s not 40 years my bad i would have had that by 2 p.m tomorrow but good trivia question by you um i mean listen i i i think they're going to trade down but it's going to be fascinating because like you said last week that you think that you'd get more for fields than the number one pick. Now they actually get to play that out. I disagree. I think you get more for the number one pick because you control them for cheaper, for longer and the unknown, like you get to select your guy. Um, But it's going to be fascinating. It's it's good. Like, cause there is a, the, the majority of the bears fans want them to build around fields and he's bec- and he's the he's the most exciting offensive player the Bears have had in my lifetime, right? I'm born in '86, so I wasn't around for for Walter Payton, but Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte, Jay Cutler, Alshon Jeffrey, like it's it's not even close. Fields yeah. the most exciting player. It'd be devastating if they traded him, but well, they won't. I don't think I don't think they will either. But they're going to have to posture like they're open to doing anything for the number one pick to keep its value as, as high as possible. It's just, I've never seen a team. I mean, Cleveland's the year they drafted Baker Mayfield had a ton of cap space in the number one pick, but dude, they've got like $70 million more in cap space than anybody else. And the number one pick and the quarterback, like when Cleveland was in that spot with the cap space and the number one pick, they didn't have their quarterback. Can you remember a team with a hundred million in cap space, their quarterback and the number one pick? I mean, I know we saw Jacksonville Jacksonville was going to be the answer. Take Trayvon Walker, right? Yeah, but th- so that's a team that went from three wins to the playoffs. right in in one year, it's unbelievable.
1: Well, I, I a couple things here. I feel like Houston cemented itself as the worst, least desirable franchise in the entire league with this win because now the coach that goes there, you know Cliff Kingsbury, when he what took the Arizona job was like, okay, I'm going to go. Not that he had a ton of options. He didn't. He was going to be USC's offensive coordinator, but it's like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to get my quarterback. I want Kyler Murray. Who cares about Josh Rosen? I'm going to, they want me. I'm going to get my quarterback. Now, you don't know if you're Houston, what you're going to do at quarterback, because like you said, I'm, I I assume that another team is going to want to trade for that pick. Houston might even feel like they need to trade up a spot to get it but that's not a guarantee and the coach that goes there not only does he have even more quarterback uncertainty now because they don't have the top pick but you've got to go work for that organization you've got to go work for that owner who's hired who's fired two head coaches in after one year in back-to-back seasons and their GM is on thin ice i mean that is a hopeless they probably got 53 man roster wise The worst team in the entire league. I mean, they're pretty much devoid of playmakers everywhere. They've got Tunsell, who's making a ton of money, who's older. Cooks, same thing. I mean, it's just, it's a brutal spot, Danny. The only thing good about it is that the division looks inviting.
2: That's it. Yeah, the division looks inviting, and we saw this with Joe Burrow. You, right, we we talk we would talk about the Bengals as the worst ownership in the NFL, the bungles, not winning. But for they had the number one pick. No, I I know, but I mean it. Listen, it it's in play that the Bears just draft Will Anderson. It's in play that Bryce Young is there for them, or and 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 sometimes the second best quarterback in a draft is is great. like No, no doubt, but they're going to have to interview people and convince
1: people of that, whereas before, if they had yes. the number one pick, they could just say, all right, what do you want us to do with this pick? What would you do with it? Correct. In the interview process. Right. That's no, a
2: huge difference. It, it, it's, a, it's a huge difference. It, it was it, incomprehensible that the Texans did that, but Lovey knew he was going to get fired. He said after the game he expected to be back because he's a professional, but... Well, man, Lovey knows. Like he's not a dumb guy. He knew he knew what he signed up for. Was they should have him? fired him before the game today. Right. Right. Exactly. But that would be classless and instead they let it go out like that and now the whole off season runs through Chicago. Free agents. And now my Steelers have two first round picks as well. Okay. Yeah, the, your Steelers have the 32nd overall pick without the ability to put a fifth-year option on it. It's not a first-round pick. It's not well, a first-round pick.
1: But by but by by where it slides in, that's where where a first-round by pick ranking is. And of players,
2: it is the 32nd pick in the yes. draft with second-rounds contract. And picks. they gave up a bad player to get it. Yeah, it's a great trade for you guys. It's a, it's a great trade for the Steelers. No question. Uh, speaking of your division, AFC North, Cincy, Baltimore, Bengals win. They get a playoff rematch for their troubles. We had the news breaking of all the permutations during the last show. Uh, They clearly were very angry that they were going to get screwed. They mocked the uh, coin flip celebration. The Ravens sat everybody, right? They sat Andrews. They sat Dobbins. We have no idea if Lamar's going to play. It's not looking good. Uh, The Bengals clearly felt aggrieved. Do you believe that they were?
1: Yeah, and I still have not heard enough conversation about what we brought up on Thursday, which everything seemed to boil down to the the uneven number of games, like Kansas City playing 17 and Buffalo playing 16. There was nothing done about the fact that even though the Bills and Bengals played the same number of games, and okay, so Buffalo goes – 13 and 3, and the Bengals go 12 and 4. Okay, that's nice and clean. The Bills are the two-seed. The Bengals are the three-seed. My major issue with that is Cincinnati was leading in that game and had a chance to win that game, tie them in the standings, win the tiebreaker, and be the two-seed over the three. And I didn't feel like they got any, they didn't get any type of um compensation for that. They still won't. They'll have to go to Buffalo if things play out. And i that's the part of it that I thought was unfair on their end. I knew they were going to beat the Ravens and the coin toss wasn't going to happen, given everything you just said about Baltimore resting guys in Lamar Jackson's situation. But, I mean, Cincinnati was in position to tie the Bills in the standings and have the tiebreaker over them in the NFL. And their, you know, their infinite wisdom just ignored that, Danny.
2: Yeah, and the the rule book had it in there. There was no there was no reason to go to the coin flip thing. They, they they went against something that had already been written out in terms of win percentage, just like just go to the win record. Like the Bengals, we were doing that all as it was breaking on the fly. The Bengals had a legitimate gripe there, but I got to say, man, like the Bills are the story that in the team now that everybody's going to be rooting for. And it's going to be very tough to go into Buffalo and win. And if we do get that rematch of Bengals-Bills, that will just be such an incredibly singular sporting event atmosphere. But doesn't it feel like the Bengals are better? The Bengals well, have won eight straight eight games. In a row.
1: I was just going to say, they went 8-0 in the second half of the season. Like,
2: And I
1: don't know, like...
2: In a play, I I thought and the Burrow is so
1: swagged out right now. He said afterwards, our window to yeah. win is as long as I'm playing. What a yeah, stud. he said,
2: our our window is my career. What it's a legend sc- that guy is. I mean, and he's been it that way his entire time. He's just like he's just cool as shit. Like, yeah. I I really think the Bengals might have somehow gotten some like us against the world – the deck is stacked against us. Nobody believes in us like sports motivation. And they've got the quarterback that's like, man, anywhere, any day, any time, any And they'll just use it as fuel. Not that you need it extra in the playoffs or you shouldn't, but like they were counted out before the year. They've rattled off eight straight. They won the AFC last year. Their offense is incredible. Burrow's amazing. I, I would not be surprised. Let's put it this way. If I get them with points in Buffalo, I will be betting Cincinnati for sure because I feel like everybody will say, how could the Bills lose for DeMar Hamlin? I'll tell you how. Joe Burrow's on the other team. I think there are five
1: legitimately good teams in the AFC playoffs. And I think there might only be two in the NFC. I think if they just put all 14 teams into an open tournament and didn't go by conference – and there was like a selection committee, like the NCAA tournament, that did it. Yeah, I think that five out of the top seven teams would be AFC teams. Yeah, so well, Kansas City, you got you got Arrowhead. Although you don't have Arrowhead, if it's Buffalo, I guess. But that's this. This is a this is a loaded field. Two, three, four, and five in the AFC, in my opinion.
2: If you were the Chiefs. And I guess we can talk about this on the playoff pod. But if you were the Chiefs, would you rather play the Bengals at Arrowhead or Buffalo at a neutral site, given what Cincinnati's done to them? Well, the Bills beat him too. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather play the Bills
1: at a neutral site. Yeah, I would.
2: Wow. Because Cincinnati's not intimidated by the Arrowhead thing at all. No, they're not, and I don't know that any like I don't know that home field advantage really exists anymore. But I can't imagine most Chiefs fans would agree with that. No, they wouldn't. Just because they th- they think they matter, they think they matter, and and they've shown to matter this year. Uh, which what, what was that the Buffalo game where the refs were just like openly shook and they came back <laughs> in the second half? Yep. Right. Like like they they have, they have shown to matter, but yeah, that's a that's a hell of a conundrum. <clears throat> All right, so one of those teams that you'd say is in the top five, the, the Chargers, we both still have Super Bowl bets on them, I believe, um, from preseason. I know I do. Is Brandon Staley alive? Is he drunk? Has he been inhabited by an alien life form like in Space Jam by the Monstars? <laughs> what What is he doing playing his stars when they're locked into the five seed when he's the coach who sits – all of his players for the entirety of the preseason, and then after the game, says you only got forty-eight guys to go through on an active roster. Hey, dummy! I looked at your inactives. There were seven dudes I've never heard of. How about sitting your seven best players? What? And Mike Williams got carted off. I mean, just dude, he had to be uh, helped to the bus after the game. He hurt his back. This is it, a guy who it, broke it, his back in college.
1: It's what a fire.
2: It's a fireable offense, frankly. Dude, I'm worried about Mike Williams's career. Do you remember that injury he suffered in college? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I am. I, I can't believe he did that. I have to be if out of the owner.
1: If the if the owner there, if, if, if the Spanos family has a pulse, if they lose to Jacksonville, I think he's gone because everybody's going to want that job. We've talked about that. Um, just inexplicable. Everybody out in Vegas thought that they were going to rest guys. The line swung viciously in Denver's favor. And the other part of that game that I think is going to get talked about a lot over the next few weeks is how good Russell Wilson looked. And if you actually think about it now, the Christmas Day game was an atrocity, was just awful. But the two games against the Chiefs in this game, he didn't close the season badly. He started moving around more. He started throwing on the run. He was more of a mobile quarterback. Even if the stats don't back it up, he just looked more like Seattle Russell Wilson in these last handful of games. And so, you know, we heard what Sean Payton said, that won't happen because Denver doesn't have the picks to send to new Orleans, but I mean, he actually looked like he, he gave a bleep knew what he had struggled with most of the year and actually tried to kind of go back in time in these last few games, Danny. So,
2: yeah, I mean, you're being a little generous, but the eye test is better than the, than the statistical production way better. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I, I grant, I grant you that. I mean, Someone will talk themselves in to that defense and Russell Wilson, and it's one of 32 jobs, but I still think it's a pretty awful situation. Just, I mean, you got to go through Herbert and Mahomes, and Russell Wilson is a, a question mark at best, right? 34 years old. He'll turn 35 midway through next season.